0: I'd like to welcome today's guest, a freelance vendor agnostic ServiceNow expert. He's a rabble rouser, a self-described big mouth, no filter, cut his teeth at Hyatt. He's got over 14 years of experience in the ServiceNow ecosystem. He's the host of his own podcast or co-host with CJ and the Duke. Welcome to Ticket Volume, news and information for improving IT experiences, powered by Invigate. Robert Federick. Welcome to Ticket Volume.
1: I'm honored that you picked me to fill this episode, man. It was a pleasant big surprise for me.
0: Well, you know, there's not a ton of people in the industry that really question taboo. And we try to push this industry to like think differently. The stuff that I've seen from you recently is helping people abroad in Asian countries really try to break into this market and build up their resumes. We'll get into that in just a second because what I really want to talk to you about is outcomes-driven business. Mm. What is outcomes driven business would you say (sighs) okay primally there is only
1: chaos and order the metaphor i use is the mob versus the marching band and if you Mm -hmm. have let's say a very large protest you have a bunch of people where you would expect good things to happen to manifest right because everybody's super passionate obviously because they're taking a big risk to be there right and they're They're all ideologically aligned. Like, they're all there for the same reason. So how come great things don't manifest from that? Think about what the maximally complex thing you can get them to do. Maybe you can get them to all walk in the same direction. Maybe Mm -hmm. you can get them to sing the same song of protest. Maybe you can get them to chant the same thing for a little while, right? There's no complexity that you can use in that system because it's just, it's a raw, chaotic, natural state. But you compare that to a marching band, and here are people that may not be ideologically aligned. In fact, quite the opposite. You can have, you know, hardcore progressive liberals beside right wing, whatever. But they're unified by an objective, and they're unified by a process. And process is just applying energy to a system to make order, right? Because you need order to achieve outcomes. Outcomes don't just manifest naturally. So a marching band just knows what outcomes it's going after. And it applies process to get towards those outcomes. And you think about what does a marching band want to do? Well, they got to know their songs. When we show up and say, we're going to play this song, everybody knows that song already. It's not a surprise.
0: I love this. Yeah, it, it's such a good metaphor because the individuals that make up the band or the mob have their own specific goals. The mob and the band has a group goal, a team goal, yeah. You know, whether it's to win the marching band competition Um, or or the individuals want to go to college on a music scholarship or just turn at at a 90 degree
1: angle when we get to the right street you know that's (laughs) not a that's not an easy thing to do and it takes drill right which is the the manifestation of the process drill review correct drill review correct that's the process of a marching band it's a simple process but it's a profound one and i think that when we get into i mean you and i are both in the itsm-ish service management work world and we have tools that help us do these kinds of things. But when we get to the tool side of the house, is that that old meme, right? People process it, tools. But we focus on the tool and we forget there's a whole reason why this is happening. Because this isn't chaos land, right? This is a bunch of people working towards objectives, but you're just throwing the tool in there. You're talking feature functions. All of a sudden you forget, like, why are you doing this? If you just just peel back, we're deploying incident management on whatever tool. We're deploying incident management. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. And most, like, I'd say seven times out of 10, somebody will look at you funny and say, what do you mean, why? It's incident management. You need to. <laughs> no, explain to me like I just landed on this planet, you know, and I'm wondering why these animals are self-organizing and spending a ton of their time and resources to get this one objective done. What is incident management yeah. for? And don't give me the textbook I tell you know what I mean? Tell me why yes. I'm spending energy on this instead of lifting weights or or playing with my kids or, you know, doing making my soap or leather work or whatever. You know, why am I doing this?
0: Yeah, this is huge because it helps you understand that... Number one, you need to look at why you're doing things, what is the outcome, what is the business reason, you know, are you trying to improve an experience, are you trying to make more money, yeah. are you trying to be more efficient so you lose less money. There are organic systems that exist and self-align, but there are systems that you need to have that sort of intentional approach to them and and fight your natural right. responses to actually get them to be successful yeah there's like a homeostasis
1: i think it's first time i've ever used that word on a podcast but there's a there's a kind of a natural equilibrium right where people like that that live in a complex world they make it work right Mm -hmm. but whenever more energy or more resources are applied to a system we got to figure out what's the new what's the new equilibrium what are we expecting to get out of that because we're sharpening our tools or we're learning how to wield new tools or we're altering the process. And there's so much work, so much work. I'd, this is just gut feeling here. I'd wager to say more work is done in our industry with zero visibility to that whole. Why are we doing this and the outcomes that we're expecting out of it than not? I think it's exceptional when somebody says time out before we talk about workshops. And how this tool works, let's figure out why somebody decided to pull out their wallet and vouch for six
0: figures worth of spend. Yep, exactly. And a lot of organizations don't have that top-down goal alignment in place to, to the point where people can actually tie it to their individual IT procedures and processes. Like, I'm writing this knowledge article. Okay, how does that actually affect the business outcome to sell more widgets this year yep. or whatever? Yep. If you think about who a company is selling
1: to, product or services, right? They're selling to somebody. And is that the same somebody who's the organization's lead for the implementation? It's often Mm. not, right? And so that's how you get these weird dynamics where no matter how much we spend... No matter how much we talk about it ahead of time, we we get on site and somebody's saying, well, the old system did it this way, so the new system has to do it that way. Whoa. (laughs) What outcomes are we going for again?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You need to dial back, peel back the onion, understand what drove those system designs to begin with, what's driving them now, because that is what's always changing.
1: I always feel like such an imposter when I talk about this, Matt, because I feel like it's such a cliche like start with why and what are you like where's your pain points and what are the outcomes but the conversation is had so infrequently especially when you're on the battlefield trying to win the day
0: yeah yeah i agree i i don't necessarily feel the imposter part but that's just because i'm so used to people like coming to us for this kind of Mm -hmm. thing um and really that's i think what we're what we're saying basically is that You need to get over that part to get to the alignment part because it's easy to keep your head down and focus on work and not get anywhere. But it's the hard work is going upstream, understanding where this is all coming from and aligning to it. And that takes discipline. It really does. It takes good leadership and good management to actually like. Yeah. To actually manifest that and, and make progress in that space. So speaking of good leadership and good management. Let's talk a little bit about professional development, because I know that this is something that's that you're passionate about. I would just love to hear what what you see in the market as like red flags, um, big problems that people have, because there's a lot of people changing jobs Mm -hmm. and applying to new jobs right now. What are some of the common errors that you see on resumes and that people are making when they're putting themselves out there? (sighs) I gotta say this and it's the whole in the
1: spirit of big mouth no filter. Like shame on the education ecosystem. Somewhere a decade ago, they forgot to teach kids how to make resumes. I find that the like the the, the baseline resume in my space, the ServiceNow space, the baseline is bad, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like oh, you picked a bad apple. Like mostly they come bad, and it's not a moral judgment on the writer. It's just that nobody has taught them, like what the mm-hmm. what the outcomes are of a resume. Right? People think like it's got to like a lot. I think one common mistake is people think it's a biography. So like, if I don't tell them mm-hmm. every single thing I did, then this might not get me the job. Well, the thing is, the resume is to get you the interview.
0: Yeah. Then it, you can tell your story.
1: Yeah, and. <laughs> So it's really about like storytelling. I think not enough people have an awareness that the resume is like your, is like a brochure of what you can offer, right? You like you don't just like you, you might decide what am I going to do for vacations, right? And what are you going to you're going to hit some website You're going to hit some review site. You're going to listen to people who have been there. You seek that information and you hope you can get like a one page summary of that thing. So you can decide amongst other, you don't have time to read a 10 page document on why you should pick a Disney cruise versus an Alaskan cruise, right? You don't have time for that. Mm -mm. But people think that that's an okay thing to do for like an employer, right? Like I want you to employ me. Here's a 10 page document, right? And I'm not even like, this isn't an exaggeration. I get 10 page documents all the time, all the time. Wow. <laughs> it's not everyone. Wow. Yeah. But it's, it's truly an exception. I'd say like in the 20% of the time, I'll get a resume that's two pages. 80% of the time, it's far beyond that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Number one, I'm <laughs> impressed that people are able to get those under 10 megabytes to upload For to real. a job yeah. application site. <laughs> Like, you should be hired just on the fact that you can create a 10-page doc that fits in 10 megs. So that's, like, Um,
1: length is a huge problem, okay? But, like, again, I think that comes from the wrong mindset of I need to have a biographical list of everything that I've touched. Everything that I've touched. But if you think, again, mindset, this is a brochure of the dragons I slay. And do you need a dragon slayer to work for you? Because I'm a dragon slayer. I got things to do. Like you can give me an, infer- an interview or not. Who wouldn't want somebody who's accomplished these things? And when I say accomplish these things, I'm not talking about, you know, I worked with business rules and ServiceNow. So what? So is every ServiceNow resource in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. If you go around yeah. and you just do a laundry list of the modules you've touched or seen. Like you've just described every other service now resource in the in the market too. Now, make everybody's resume the exact same. You wanna be in the pile of eighty who did it that way. You don't wanna be in the pile of twenty who just says, look, I know service now. Here's how I know service now. Because I deployed GRC and we were able to satisfy our auditors 50% faster the next year. Or I deployed PA and I was able to showcase how we needed two more resources on the service desk, right? It's going right back to the outcomes driven business, right? I did stuff because of reasons to, you know, primarily pull order out of chaos and achieve outcomes that I can articulate. And another thing I'll tell you here is that you, you can't tell me that you're like a strategic, dynamic, blah, 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 all those business keywords. If you can't abstract a story like that. Mm -hmm. If all you see is the nuts and bolts. Okay. Great. Nuts and bolts on what? Did you build yourself a little? Did you build yourself a little workbench or did you fly a shuttle to the moon? You know,
0: yeah, yeah. You're changing the you're changing the plot line. You're changing the story dynamic making to say a story you're strategic. Either. You're making a yeah, story. It's, it's clear that you're making it up then yeah. if if you're saying one thing and delivering a different result right there on the resume. So I tell people I have these little protocols, right? The so what protocol. Like just go, go through your resume again.
1: Read it over again and say, so what? Mm-hmm. Or take it to a friend. Tell your friend, read this resume and say, so what? On every point to yourself and see if I answer that. This is a brochure. It's an advertisement of you. You want them to imagine what what would it be like if this if, if Robert did that for me. And it's not like holy cow, Robert worked with business rules. <laughs> Let's get this. Nobody right. That's not what they're dreaming yeah. of. But if I say, hey, no. listen, I replaced this Salesforce application once. It took me five days, and I designed this replacement for Salesforce on ServiceNow. It saved us $150,000 a year in license spend, and it reduced the training time of the agents in question from literally three months to days. And I did that on ServiceNow. And people, it forces them. They cannot help but think what kind of bullshit problems do I have in my org where we can plug that kind of skill in? Cause he knows how to fix a problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But if you take a team from point A to point B and you show that to a team leader, they're going to say, okay, that's what I want. I want to go from where I'm at to point B. And they're just going to imagine you in that Bingo. role. They, they won't be able to help it. And the same thing we spoke recently and the same, you said the same thing about CEOs, right? Like, I I was hired at this company to take us from 1 million dollars in revenue to 10 million dollars in revenue. What is that A to B? Yeah. And at some point it, you hear that
1: though and you almost don't care. How? <laughs> you know, what tool? No. Did you use Excel for that? You know <laughs> How many tabs did you have under your Excel sheet? Holy cow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just get me there. I don't care if it's a train, a plane, a bus. Did you hire sales
1: people? Did you hire sales enablers? Did you hire more execution? Did you pay more marketing? You obviously did it. Imagine yourself as a CEO because a CEO isn't stocking up with a 12-page resume, all bullet points, worked with Excel, worked with Access, worked with vendors. You know, I'd love to see Bill McDermott's resume, if he even has one, but he probably doesn't because everybody knows the stuff he's done.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we went through this too when LinkedIn um, came became popular. It's like, why you don't need to tell everyone everywhere you've been because it's out there. You can just publish it. Mm-hmm. Oh, granted, people can lie, but they can also lie on their resume. So it's like, you know, you, you just need to use that cautious optimism and really, you know, connect with the human, get them in the office, do an interview, and like. I don't know. I really like the idea also of contract to hire because there's something really beautiful about being able to work with a team member and then eventually making them a part of the team. Uh, there's risks and benefits mm. and trade offs for that sort of thing. But if you make it worth someone's time, you know, then you're able to try the milk before you buy the cow. <laughs> That's a good way to put That's it. That's a terrible <laughs> metaphor. I'm not going to use that, actually. <laughs> but you're able to try them out before you before you can actually hire them and, and have them on your team. So, Robert, where can people connect? Where can they learn more?
1: Yeah, you can uh, contact me on LinkedIn. You can also reach me at theduke.digital. That's my website. It's links to all my YouTube content, my podcast content, plus you know how to hire me for services or coaching or whatever you need excellent
0: well thanks for joining today thank you robert
1: thank you matt it's been a pleasure
0: and for our audience thanks for hitting play i'll see you around the way i'm your host matt barron you can find me on twitter linkedin and facebook as matt barron post a review send us some feedback subscribe to ticket volume on your favorite podcast platforms and thank you for listening to ticket volume a podcast powered by invigate